can't lie At one point I felt slighted Seemed less of dudes was picked But I didn't fight it We each had visions And that was God's plan Had a lane Took the baton and ran Learned a few lessons Like rap was a teacher Took a shovel to earth And dug deeper Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Ope Sports episode number 10. I am your host Jordan Adams and today we have a very special guest, Damien. Welcome. Thanks man. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. I'm glad you find it to be an honor. <laughs> the most illustrious show in Minnesota for sure. Anyways, we will begin with the blasphemous Carl Anthony Towns quotes he's been saying. Uh, we'll start up with him saying, and I quote, When my time is up and I retire, there will be people that say I changed the game, end quote, via the Pat Bev podcast. Um, I gotta tell you, I, I, don't, I don't feel that um, when, his, when his time is up, anyone's gonna be discussing Carl Anthony Towns. He is a self-diagnosed greatest big man shooter, and are we saying he's better than Dirk? I mean, Dirk has a championship, and Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have a second round playoff appearance. What do you, what do you think about this quote, Damien? First off, Bro Code says, Pat Bev should have allowed him a way out of that that was bold to say the very least um also i like how he left out who's gonna say he changed the game i mean how many how many players in the history of the league can say that they've changed the game or i should say other people can say they changed the game you've got like you've got jordan you've got LeBron didn't even change the game. He just perfected it. Steph? Kareem, maybe? Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I feel you. I, and, and Carl Anthony Towns. And add Carl Anthony Towns to that list. <laughs> um, I mean, let, let's look back at his accolades so far. He's um, 29 years old now, I believe, or just turning 29. Uh, he's a three-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA third team, Rookie of the Year, and uh, he did win a three-point champion contest at the All-Star game. Um, you know... I, any of those players you, you listed, um, even, you know, just in this generation, players who haven't changed the game, but just who are uh, on a upper echelon, they have better credentials than that. Three, three all-star appearances is definitely a good player, but, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's not the end-all be-all of what makes you a great guy. No, I think at this point, unless something happens where he gets dramatically better at basketball, his best bet is to stay quiet and allow his fans to just say one day, yeah, he was really good. Yeah. Well, unless something happens. Uh, this is what Kat had to say on um, on the 20, unbelieving that the 2022 play-in run was more special than the Nuggets championship run. Quote, it was more special what we did in Minnesota, end quote. <laughs> Again on the Pat Bev pod podcast. I mean, I remember that. It was so significant because, like, I mean, we did go to the playoffs with Jimmy Butler, but, you know, that that fell off the waist that we 
the, the team got revamped and it kind of felt like we were bringing in a new era. It was a really exciting time, but it is plain idiotic to state that winning a play-in or getting into a play-in game is anywhere near as significant as an NBA championship. No, and the the first NBA championship in the history of the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess it's our, like, first big play-in in Minnesota history, so... Nah. <laughs> Even in Minnesota, that's not a bigger deal than the Nuggets winning the chip. See, I'm, I'm trying really hard to justify <laughs> what he said, and it's just... It's very difficult. Um, and then he also said, if... And I, and I quote, if you let me call the plays, I can go get you 40 anytime I want, end quote. Why don't you get 40 every game, Carl? Why don't you want to do it every single night? I mean, seriously, you do not average 40 points a game in your career. You don't even average 30 points in your career. And all the great players, too, especially game-changing players or even superstar players, it doesn't matter if they have a play drawn up for them or not. Like, if the game's on the line, Giannis is going to go get you a bucket. Jokic is going to go get you a bucket or assist a bucket. Um, LeBron's going to go get you a bucket. Like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's going to go get you a bucket. Carl Anthony Towns should have that drive to just say, hey, the game's on the line. This is my team. I'm going to go score a bucket. Yeah. I mean, he has been blessed with a great height, great footwork, and a great shot. What he lacks is drive, toughness, and heart. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I feel. And, you know, a guy that lost so many family members from covid um mac miller was a really good friend of him and he uh his and he died you know he's had a lot of tough heartbreaking stuff go on in his life and you know i feel a little bad beating on the guy because he's had so many hardships but to me that should make you tougher it should make you stronger and you know Maybe he lost his heart, his love for the game at some point, but the way he talks, it feels like he's so passionate, wants to be the best basketball player, and all of the negative things that happened to him should have harnessed into a great player, and I don't see it. I don't see the passion. I really don't. Me neither. Honestly, when great players do something great, like being a center and winning the three-point contest, or when you make your first playoffs or play-in tournament. Like, that's that's motivation to be better. And I feel like he's viewing all of these things as, like, like that's his resume. He's like, look look what I've done. I'm good enough. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Jordan, Michael Jordan, LeBron, whoever, they go and win a championship and and those guys say, no, that's not enough. I want another one. But I feel like Cat is trying to say, like, I've done enough. I've done enough to say that I've changed the game, to say that I deserve to be tied in with some of the greatest players of all time. But why? Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think you really hit the nail on the head with... Uh... With uh, saying that you know he, this is good enough, my resume, what I what I've done, that's good enough. I, I think you you really hit the nail on the head with that. 
Um, final quote from Carl Anthony Towns. I quote, I'm sorry, or I'm saving this finger for a championship, end quote, on his left ring finger. This was via GQ Sports. Um, where are you going, Carl? Because it's not here. <laughs> you're not winning it here. And you're not winning it anywhere where you're going to be the number two guy. As I've said, you, you don't display hard on defense. You in and out, and there's injury history too. There's injury history. I mean, you could probably be a, a a good number three, a solid number three on a championship team. I, I've said that from the beginning. But with that contract, I don't think any team can afford you to be the number three guy. I, I don't see this championship coming unless after the contract, veteran years. You saving that finger for five, six years, Carl? <laughs> I feel like he, if he's going to win a chip, it's going to be because he followed the model that Wiggins put forth. Wiggins bit the bullet. He said, you know what? I'm going to go to the best team where I'm the best fit. I'm not necessarily the best player. I'm not the number one guy. I'm not going to be the guy people are talking about when it comes to this championship. But I'm going to go win a ring. I'm going to go contribute to a team. And honestly, I feel like Cat is not extremely team-oriented. Especially what? like by these quotes. Mm-hmm. It's all about him and, and what he's brought to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and Wiggins on that championship run, he was considered for the MVP of of the uh, finals. He was a key player on that run, locking down people defensively. And I feel like him having that attitude of, I'm not the best person here, and that's fine. That allowed him to flourish and at some times actually become the best player on the court. And he shared the court with Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, I, I'm sorry. I mean that that's really phenomenal, and I feel like that you know it showed trust in other players to be giving him a chance, and that kind of brings me back to when Butler took on the first team of the Wolves with the backups and just whooped them and was just hammering them. I think maybe that was all on Towns, and none of it was on Wiggins. I feel like Wiggins kind of took that to heart and maybe that triggered something in him and Towns just pouted and like is still pouting to this day. I mean, the Timberwolves screwed up not giving Butler that contract first. He's been to the NBA Finals twice and the Timberwolves have not been past the first round. Big screw up and that moment was really huge, I think, for all three of those players. Uh, Butler being able to succeed elsewhere, Wiggins able to succeed elsewhere, and Towns to prove that he was the weak link for all of these strings since we drafted him. He's just not the guy. But Butler also, like this last finals run, he made it with a bunch of guys that weren't even drafted. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the highest drafted player on that team, I believe, is Cody Zeller. Or Cody Zeller, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was like a weak class where he was like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he he has that mentality, and he, ex- he expects his team to have that mentality. And I think that's probably why it didn't work out with Carl Anthony Towns. You know, Butler's not looking at this season even where everybody is impressed with them. Everyone thinks they did an incredible job, had a great season. He's not looking at this season as good enough. You know, mm-hmm. like he's yeah. he's trying to pursue the ring. He's not 
telling anyone what we did is more special than what Denver did because he knows that that's not true. Um, it's special, but ultimately, like, no one's going to be talking about it unless eventually they do get that ring. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It just cracked me up again. This that Denver quote, and just they're playing till <laughs> mid June. <laughs> Timberwolves are out in April, and this guy's claiming it was better. Oh, hilarious! Uh, moving on to other Wolves news, Nas Reed signed a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal with a player option. Uh, he set career highs last year in points per game with eleven point five rebounds, four point nine, call it five, and field goal percentage at point five three seven. I really like the deal. That's very team friendly, and uh, I think he brought a lot to the table on that backup unit. Um, he was he was a really good spark off the bench, you know. Um, 11 and a half points and five rebounds off the bench is really solid. Um, the only issue with that is Wolves are paying Kitty Cat, Gobert, and Nas Reed $443 million combined. And that's crazy. I mean, the, the league is starting to shift, I think, back towards big men with, after we watched Denver dominate with a big man lineup. Um... You know, the Heat were just chucking up shots and missing them because they were just, they were too small. They, they really were too small against that team. And, you know, the whole pos, uh, positionless basketball will probably stay, but I feel like a true center is becoming really valuable in the league. Um, you know, maybe even like, maybe this Rudy Gobert Towns experiment will happen with another team, not these two players. But, you know, two other big men and make, like, an actual great front court duo. Um, I like Nas Reed as a backup or bring him in as a power forward uh, and dishing off Towns. Um, maybe you'd get rid of Gobert first if you had a choice, but... No way. I, and I, think, I think Gobert's worth more. He's just, like, you know, there were some struggles last year, but... I don't know. I don't think everyone was really... Um, buying into it i think that's kind of the issue i go bears won like two or three defensive player of the year awards he's he doesn't have to prove anything i think you know him doing that and then not succeeding with the wolves is more telling about the wolves rather than it is go bear sure he got exposed in the playoffs but donovan mitchell got exposed in the playoffs this year with the Cavs. so again you can't blame it all on go bear i think he's fine personally i dish towns because at some point, enough's enough. He's not going to do it. You've only given Gobert one year. I, I I don't know. And plus, he doesn't really have any value. I think Towns has more value. Um, I mean, I don't know. You're probably on the opinion of dishing Towns over oh, yeah. Gobert. Oh, yeah. I think... So, Gobert has already proven to us that he's a great player. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Um... Three-time All-Star. Um, he, I mean, he's he's that tough center that you need to to play defense below the rim, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know. Like, I know we're off the topic of the quotes, but the quotes tell me that like he believes he's good enough. Like he's he thinks he's fine being who he is, and like why would you want to get better if you've already change the game and he's already surpassed uh, michael jordan yeah yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so, I don't know. I think the fact that not this last year, but the year before, Gobert had a great season. He was an all-star. Um, unbelievably great at defense. Um, I think that just proves that like he's probably not the guy to get rid of. I, I don't think anyone's going to fall off that hard in one year. Um, I think it's more about the, like, the system Minnesota was running between having Cat and Gobert on the, on the court at the same time. That spacing's not great, even though Cat's a shooter. Um, but I agree that Nas Reed, he, I mean, he had a good year this year. Kid's 23 years old. I I would say trade Carl Anthony Towns while he's got value. Yeah. Give Nas Reed that shot and take whatever you could get for Towns. Who knows? Maybe they could go get Harden is on the market, uh, trade market. Dame's on the market. Maybe. Who knows? Honestly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it up. yeah. My, I mean, Mike Conley's old, and I don't. I mean, maybe he has a year in him still, but I, I don't really trust him as my starting point guard. Uh, Dame, that's an intriguing straight up trade. I have heard rumors that that's been discussed. Um, but Dame's like thirty three or thirty four now, and I'm worried that it would hurt Ant's development. I. I don't know. I want see like I'm I'm on the under the impression you were handing the keys to Ant and Go Bears of and Nas Reed are solid players to help him out. Uh, Kyle Anderson's a he proved to be a great six man or whatever role they gave him last year. Um, I, I really think of targeting a point guard or perhaps um, looking at recouping some of the draft picks lost in the Go Bear trade. Mm. Um, Something like that. I, I don't know. There's there's it's definitely an intriguing market. I just don't see how something doesn't happen. I don't see how you can pay those players that much without having like a true option at point guard and I mean, I don't know, there's just a lot of issues with the team. Um I'm not really confident in the wings outside of, you know, Ant either. Um Yeah, I don't know. But um Moving on to the draft picks of the Wolves, uh, number 33, they selected Leonard Miller, and at number 53, they selected Jalen Clark. Um, Leonard Miller is 19, uh, um, a small forward, 6'10", 210 pounds. He played in the G League last year, averaging 18 points, 1.6 assists, and 11 rebounds per game. Um, you know, it's interesting that some players are starting to take that G League route over the college route, um... Because that is still, it's a development league, but it is still pro players. Um, I would imagine it's definitely probably a higher degree level of difficulty than college basketball. Um, so the fact that he could get 18 points and 11 rebounds right away as, you know, a 18 or maybe he was 19 for part of the season, um, that's pretty impressive to me. A kid just dominating like that. Um that, that's kind of exciting to me. And then Jalen Clark is 21, a shooting guard, 6'5", 205 pounds. Now, this guy was a Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2023 and a two-time Pac-12 All-Defensive uh, Team player in 2022 and 2023. He fell due to medical concerns, and he's currently rehabbing an Achilles tendon injury. So, not going to be ready right away. Going to have to give time. But again, uh, Clark was a... 53rd overall pick. I 
there's probably not a lot of guys that can offer that much of a ceiling um, in comparison at that point. I mean, I know Jokic was a second-round pick. There's definitely successful second-round picks, but this guy could definitely be that guy as long as he rehabs and the Timberwolves just, you know, don't rush this guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know too much about these players, but from what I've read, you know, they seem exciting, but you can't expect all-star play immediately. Uh, and that's just the name of the game. Yeah, I think the Jalen Clark, high ceiling, low floor. Yeah. You know, I mean, the reason teams didn't touch him for that long is, I'm sure, because of the injuries. And with that being said, that means he would have gone much higher if it weren't for those injuries. But he might be one of those guys that's just hurt all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that would be unfortunate, but again, it's a second-round pick. You're kind of just taking swings. Um, looking at more positives, if he succeeds and is, does well, that's a great backup or um, swing player that you can bring in situationally when you need defense um, You know, to lock up a top shooter. Uh, if he is able to be a you know defensive player of the year, I know it's in college, but if he can you know, have that drive and that energy, at least at the NBA level, that would be hugely beneficial um, to a team that has historically, as of late, really sucked on defense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I think, I think it's cool that you touched on like the, like the G League versus college, because like the top three picks this year all came up a different way. You know, you've got Wemby, who came out of, the, who came out of Europe, mm-hmm. played in France, then you've got Brandon Miller, played for Alabama. So he came he came through the NCAA. And then Scoot Henderson, I believe, was a G League Ignite player. So, like, it's... I think it's kind of cool to see how, like, these players are coming from all these different places now. You know, it's not just filtered through the NCAA anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you get to see, probably going forward, more talent in the NBA because of that. Oh, because yeah. of those kids that didn't quite make it in college or whatever, and they can now pursue European ball, or they can go play in the G League and yeah, come up that way. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just better for everyone all around. Um, more options and um, means more games, more scouting opportunities, um, and maybe even more chances at finding diamonds in the rough. Not necessarily a G League, but elsewhere. Um, anyways, uh, free agents Bruce Brown who is fresh off a Nuggets championship, and Dante DiVincenzo are linked to come to the Wolves, some playmaking wings. Um, I already discussed a little worried about the wings, the rookies, you know, they might be able to come in at some point and help, but these two guys, especially Bruce Brown, would bring an obvious championship pedigree to the team. I think a leader like that, and with Gobert, positive role models to give Ant, Unlike Cat, the whole me, 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 me quotes that you have brought up repeatedly, which need to be brought up repeatedly because it is so true. We do not want that attitude to become contagious and hit Ant because Ant is actually a player who could seriously be an MVP candidate in the NBA. And Towns, Wiggins, they never had that potential. Ant definitely has... I think he has the road to be the number two or possibly number one Timberwolf player of all time. Um, over Garnett. 
Well, I'd say possibly. I think number two is he's on the road. But number one, I mean, if he stays here and like I said, I've said in previous ones, if if he brings a single championship here, it would mean so much. Like one championship in Minnesota is worth like all of the ones in L.A. True. <laughs> and I mean, even the Nuggets, you know, but Colorado's more of a successful sports town, even though it's their first championship. I don't it does, it won't quite mean as much. Um but yeah, um, I'm definitely excited at those potential free agents. Uh, we also have former Timberwolf Jarrett Vanderbilt, who was traded. Um, he's back on the Lakers. They picked up his $4.7 million team option. Seems pretty obvious to me. Um, quality player. It's a uh, sucks that you know you let him go as part of the Go Bear trade. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, nice to see him thriving and becoming a significant piece for uh, LeBron James' potential championship run. Um, and then there's also a string of free agents in the NBA that have dropped their player options. Uh, Draymond Green, Kyle Kuzma, Derrick Rose, and Chris Middleton have all declined their player options. Um Damien is our Milwaukee Bucks guy, so I'll let him take the uh, Chris Middleton news. Well, Middleton, I I read today, he's essentially he's a lock to come back to Milwaukee. Um, I don't know what that contract looks like. As a Bucks fan, I certainly hope it's a hell of a lot less than his last contract was. Um, and I've heard it's looking that way for Brooke Lopez as well. So that's good. Getting that. Getting the core that we won a championship with back to Milwaukee, that can't hurt. Um, Kyle Kuzma, though, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That'd be a decent wing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely like uh, Kyle Kuzma. I think I heard something about the uh, Houston Rockets maybe making a run at him, but I've also heard Van Fleet is another guy that they've... I I think that's a team that's just kind of throwing everything at the wall, seeing what sticks. I think so. Yeah, I think so. They've kind of always been that way. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely like Kuzma. Um, You know, Middleton going back to Milwaukee makes sense. Probably going to happen. Draymond Green, I'm hearing the same with going back to the Warriors. It doesn't really make sense for him to go anywhere else, Um, especially if he wants money, because I I, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, And Derek Rose, that'll... That'll also be interesting. I always thought it was so odd why the Wolves let him go. Like, I don't know. It seems like we just let him walk and free. Maybe just let us know. Like, I don't want to be there. But he was an exciting player for this team and seemed well-loved. And I remember he made some just great games in a Wolves uniform. That was always so odd that he left here so um, unceremoniously. I think the the issue with Derrick Rose is he has the resume of a superstar player and he's still very good. I love Derrick Rose, but with winning the MVP in well like 2012, I think, he opened the door to make a lot of money at every team that he goes to. Minnesota probably didn't want to pay him what he wanted. Yeah, just like not wanting to pay Jimmy Butler seems to be uh and the cards, you don't want to pay players who deserve to be paid and then splash on guys like Wiggins and Towns. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, Chris Paul has been just swinging around the NBA trades this uh, offseason. Uh, we initially have a trade with the Wizards trading Chris Paul 
or um, yeah, the um, Chris, Chris Paul, Chris Paul being traded to the Wizards for Bradley Beal. Excuse me. Um, so this gives the um, Phoenix Suns a core big three trio of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. Now Booker averages twenty three point nine points per game. Durant. Uh, averages 27.3 points per game and Beal 22.1 points per game it's a whole lot of offense and I mean Durant's pretty good defensively but he's starting to age the other two not so much kind of worries me in the defensive department and as much as they're all great at scoring there's still only one basketball so that's true and I mean publicly they've said they're gonna try to hang on to Aiton but I just don't see He's already not happy because he doesn't get the ball enough. Yeah. Add Bradley Beal, and I just... You're the fourth option he's at not, best. He's yeah. not getting the ball. And beyond Aiton, I can't name a player on the Phoenix Suns. Their depth is horrible. So they... Yeah, they traded all of it I mean, for Durant. Durant's already got a, a strong resume of injuries, and... I don't know. The only way that they're going to be like a real threat in the West, I think, those three all have to stay healthy, and they need to find a way to get some depth somehow. Yeah. Um, they don't have the money to get it, so maybe trade Aiton for some role players. I don't know. I don't know what the move is. Watch but... them trade Aiton to the Wolves for Towns. Like, that's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see the heart in Aiton. <laughs> I think that's a whole other issue. No. That would be hilarious, though, if they added another pure scoring player to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I already think Aiton's not a team guy. Just wait till they get Cat over there. Like, honestly, I'd be so <laughs> mad as a Wolves fan, but I'd also, it'd be so funny to watch it all crash and burn in Phoenix. There's no way <laughs> one court has room for Aiton and Gobert on the same team. There's yeah. no way. That couldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's just uh, Durant. You know, I think he should have just stayed in OKC, or else just tuned out the haters and just accepted what they have to say with his narrative in Golden State. And just continued there. The fact that he went to Brooklyn, you know, it, I guess it's a commendable move. You wanted to go make it, but then he just bolted out to Phoenix as well. And who says he's not leaving again? This guy just goes everywhere he wants to play with different stars. And so what if he wins in Phoenix? Honestly, do I care? I- I'm sorry, that that would be cool for Booker's resume and Beal's, but I don't think it enhances Durant's resume at all at this point. It's... Well, I, I don't agree, hmm? because Durant has never won a championship without being with Steph Curry. Um, I think a lot of the... You know, he's got those super fans out there that can consider him to be the best player in the league. He's better than LeBron. He's better than all of these other players. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. But ultimately, like, he was in, in Oklahoma City, lost to the Warriors. And then the next year, he joined the Warriors to go win some championships. And then he tried to do it on his own again. And that was an absolute dumpster fire with Kyrie. Yeah. I mean. And Harden. I think, honestly, I think Durant needs the championship more than anyone else in Phoenix to solidify his greatness. Uh, I'm just now putting this together. Alright, so Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden were in Brooklyn. That didn't work out, and they're all scorers. 
And now there's three scorers in Phoenix, <laughs> and they all have injury problems. How is this going to be any different? I, they probably have worse depth than they did in Brooklyn. I mean, granted, though, Kyrie is a headache at times, and that's an understatement. <laughs> oh, that's an understatement. Yeah, I think that whole that whole super team era is kind of it's kind of leaving. I mean, yeah, the Bucks, the Nuggets, um. Hey, it, the even Raptors, the Heat just making runs, you know, even not making winning runs. It. Yeah, it shows that if if your team has a, you got to have the best player on the floor and a bunch of really good players surrounding him. Yeah, and that is that's how you win a championship today. And I think all of these star players like Jimmy Butler, Giannis, Jokic, uh, Kawhi Leonard—they're not selfish basketball players. They're—they're—they mm. they're, they were never. To even Steph Curry, like I don't, he I think he has one Finals MVP now out of the four. Like he, does, he yeah. never demanded the basketball or took over. It seems like he even kind of you know fell off and got the cold shoulder, and while other people thrive, but he didn't complain. And I don't, I don't, I think that means a lot. I think that shows a lot about who he is and makes him more likable. And the fact that you're a good teammate, kind of is better than being a flashy number one player to me in a lot of ways. I don't know. I think that's why he's such a great player. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, Steph is an incredible teammate. Everyone who's played with him has said that. And I think, I mean, I bet Steph Curry plays till he's 40. Because he's he's such a team guy. And when you're that good of a shooter, you can stay in the league for as long as you want to. Yeah, I'll probably, you know, attack the rim a little less with uh, layups. And, you know, but he's never been a defensive stud either. What he does best is shooting and that, like you said, longest shelf life to a long career. He'll be Kyle Korver one day. Yeah, yeah. And Kyle Korver's a great player. Um, didn't, wasn't he on the team that helped them with their run in Milwaukee? Or am I no, wrong? No, I think... Did he leave hmm, at that point? I think he retired the year before. He was on Cleveland for their championship runs, though, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, anyways, um, Chris Paul also was soon moved. The Wizards traded him to the Warriors and acquired Jordan Poole. Um, Paul, I believe, will lead the second unit, um, not only to manage his minutes, which is extremely important because we watch in Houston, he gets hurt, can't play, and they are eliminated, or, you know, gets hurt earlier in the rounds, or just not playing in the regular season at all. There's there's a lot of injury concerns, but when he's on, he's a high IQ player, high drive, high tenacity, smart, good playmaker. He could thrive leading the second unit because a lot of pressure would be off him knowing Steph Curry is my starter. I'm backing up Steph Curry. There's other talented players here. I don't have to do it all. If I need a little break, I can do it in the regular season, and I don't have to push myself in the playoffs with 30 minutes a game anymore. I think that could really lead the Warriors, depending what they do else in free agency. I think they need another big man. They definitely have the the um, recipe for another championship run. Um, whereas Jordan Poole going to the Wizards, he will be their number one guy. Kuzma's out. Przingis is out. He's their number one. He he's getting paid like a number one. That's that's what he's gonna do. They're not gonna win any championships. Not gonna win the playoff, make the playoffs. But he's gonna have a crap ton of points and probably be an all star. He's gonna be Bradley Beal, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, if he 
I don't know. I think I think this is what Jordan Poole needs to become a great player because he's gonna see that all of a sudden you don't have Steph, you don't have Clay, you don't have Draymond. It's not gonna be easy to win a championship anymore. I think he's like twenty three and he's got a ring already. So yep. he's gonna he's gonna get all these individual accolades and he'll see how 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 great it is to be an all star sometimes and not make the playoffs. Yeah. And it could, you know, pay dividends after this contract. He'll still be a young player in his prime and he'll be able to choose, you know, do I wanna stay with this Wizards team where I can get the most money and keep getting these accolades, or do I wanna pack up and go to one of these other teams and maybe be a number two or a number three guy on a championship team and take a little less money and really hunt for it because I have that hunger for my Golden State years. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I think it's that's a really good trade for both sides. I think it the Warriors escape from a bad contract, get a contributor in, and the Wizards they don't really hurt from losing Bradley Beal. They weren't winning championships with him. Same same thing with Poole. I agree. Yeah, the the I think the Warriors were willing to do anything to get out of Poole with how he was clashing with I mean, he wasn't getting along with Steph Clay or Draymond. Yeah. Because I guess he was making comments at practice and stuff, and obviously Draymond punched him in the face. <laughs> awesome, good for Draymond. But I think I feel like the Warriors were willing to just get rid of him for anything, and all of a sudden the Wizards are like, hey, we got Chris Paul. And they're like, yeah, yes, sign that. He probably would have been bought out eventually if they hadn't been able to get yeah, some for true. him. So, I mean, even if he wanted to go to the Warriors, the Warriors are probably just happy to get out of that deal. Yes. Um... Now, John ja, ja Morant has been officially suspended the first 25 games of the NBA season. Um, I think that's fair. It's kind of kind of sad what we're seeing out of this young guy who had so much promise. What do you think of John ja Morant and his uh, legal issues, I should say? Uh, the first time, I felt bad for him. And I was like, you know what? Like, Who knows what his past was like? Who knows how he grew up? Um, you always see his dad on the sidelines. His dad's essentially just a hype guy. Yeah. So the second time you're stupid, dude. Yeah. You're stupid. Like you dodged a bullet the first time you got out of a big suspension and then, and then did it again. And then afterwards he like posted that video where he's got a gun shaped lighter. Like, see, look at this NBA. It wasn't a real gun. It's a lighter. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just hilarious how he was on an interview. Like, when a, I'm sorry, I've changed. I know how to reflect. And, like, seven minutes later, he's on Instagram Live. Like, yeah. yo, check this new piece. <laughs> Literally did the opposite of reflecting. The opposite of reflecting. Reflecting on my new purchase. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we also have another big three-team trade. Um, essentially, the Celtics get Kristaps Porzingis, uh, the 25th pick this draft, uh, and the 2024 pick of next season, both from Memphis. Uh, the Wizards get Tyus Jones uh, and the Boston 35th pick this season, and then um, Danilo Gilinari and... Uh, I'm sorry, I, Mike Muscala. Oh, yeah. And then the Grizzlies get Marcus Smart. Um, to me, Marcus Smart 
that's kind of sad. He was saying that, you know, he expected to retire in Boston. And I think he was a really good heart piece for that team. But they've come so far so many times. Something has to change. And I was thinking maybe the Tatum-Brown tandem would be split. Because maybe that's not working. And Tatum's probably your guy that you go with. Um, they don't seem to be taking that route, which is fine. You know, give it a few more years because they're both really talented players. You saw what happened in OKC. Probably wouldn't have gotten rid of Harden going back on things. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and the Grizzlies now have the last two defensive player of the year, Smart winning in 21-22 and Jaron Jackson Jr. in 22-23. That brings some tenacity to that Grizzlies team. Unfortunately, they also have John Morant, who's flashing guns and won't be I playing. Know, dude. But if John Morant could clean it up, <laughs> he's so talented. Oh, yeah. And with him, Marcus Smart, uh, Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams is honestly a oh, hell yeah. of a player. He's a great Very defensive underrated. player, too. Yeah. And even back in his OKC days. Yeah, yeah he, he's a baller. He's I love Stephen Adams. But like they could be so good if John Morant just decided to be an adult right yeah yeah if he just grew up and said i can do dumb things in 20 years when i retire but for now (laughs) i'm gonna pile up my money so i can do dumb things exactly uh Uh, with Porzingis though i'm I'm so excited to watch him sit on boston's sideline (laughs) yeah yeah um i think he's gonna be really exciting for the few times you see him play but in the end it's gonna be disappointment i don't see what world you're if you didn't, if you weren't winning a championship with a defensive player of the year of Marcus Smart as a role player, how the hell are you doing it with Porzingis like leading your second unit? Isn't uh, Horford out now? Isn't Horford's Porzing- out? Porzingis is that guy, and he's not that guy. No, it's like Boston. <laughs> the reason they got eliminated, the reason they lost to the Heat, was because they weren't tough enough and they weren't good enough on defense. So their reaction was like, okay. We're not tough enough. We're not good enough at defense. Let's get rid of our toughest, best defensive player and see how that works. And then get one of the weakest injury-prone <laughs> yeah. big men. Yeah. Might as well have gotten Carl Anthony Towns if that's what you're trying. That would have been great. <laughs> Why didn't we swing on that? We could have given him oh, Towns, no and that would have been way better take for Marcus them. Smart. I'd take Marcus. Yeah, that would have been a great piece. Honestly, Marcus Smart, as our number one point guard with uh, Ant and... Uh, Go Bear and Nas Reed. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a great team. Um, unfortunately, they wanted Przingis, so man, that's telling about what Towns is worth. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Victor Wemby, who I discussed, the number one overall pick. He, uh, I was saying, you know, he needs to take knowledge from those San Antonio legends. He has it made being in that small market where he will be loved with a great coach and former great players. If he uses every opportunity, that's just going to be great for him. Sky's the limit. First week, he goes and has dinner with Tim Duncan, David Robinson, and Manu Ginobili. I mean, either either he listened to my podcast, or this kid is just the smartest kid for being a 19-year-old. Um, I, I don't know. I'm very impressed that he went and did that. And I just, I really hope... He has a great rookie season and brings some excitement back to San Antonio. Not necessarily a fan of San Antonio, but the league is better when San Antonio is competitive. Oh, I agree. I agree. Watching Popovich thrive 
will always be great. Um, yeah, Wemby said, in a couple of hours, I learned more about the NBA than I had in my entire life. And it makes sense. I mean, those guys are all legends. Yeah. Um, but they say, like, you are who you surround yourself with. So if you surround yourself with people like Tim Duncan and people like Manu Ginobili, yeah. um, you're going to be great. I mean, he's going to be great. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. I actually have some insider scoop. Uh, apparently, one of the things they went over is to not flash any guns you potentially have on Instagram Live. <laughs> what great advice. <laughs> yeah, just sound advice wow. that you really need from legends. That's um, something only someone who's been in the league for 20 years <laughs> can really give you insight on, I think. <laughs> it's too bad John Moran wasn't landed in San Antonio. Know? Uh, it's kind of fitting that he's in Memphis, though, honestly. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, let him be in Memphis. That's fine. <laughs> it's just another guy there. Um, and then this was breaking news as I was writing this podcast last night. Um, the Wolves declined Tarian Prince's $7.4 million contract. He started 12 games and played 123 games in two seasons for the Wolves, averaged 8.1 points per game. You know, he's a solid bench player. Um, but that $7.4 million gives more flexibility and free agency. The fact that they let him go makes me think that they really have their eyes on a guy. Praying it's Bruce Brown. I think that would be a great piece. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, I don't think losing him is... That's not going to be the decider of a championship or not. That money is far more valuable, in my opinion. Yeah, $7.5 is too much for Tarian Prince. He's... He's an extremely decent player. Like he's, yeah, he's a good eighth guy, ninth guy. But seven point four million—that's a—that's a lot of money to give to a guy yeah. that doesn't get real PT, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he'd be a great fit in like Miami or Milwaukee or Golden State. You know, go to a team that's competing for a championship, or hell, you know, maybe even the Trailblazers, Portland. He could probably get a little more money there, and he'd probably get a little more playing time because they do need other players to help with um, Damian Lillard. But again. From their perspective, he's definitely not going to be the, the missing uh, piece to give Damien his championship. I think Portland's either, they're either trading Dame altogether mm-hmm. or they're going to bring in a second star. Like they're going to bring in someone who's going to really make a difference and give them a real shot at a playoff run. Yeah. Um, they're going to go one of two ways. Yeah, I heard a trade rumor about uh, Paul George and Scoot Henderson being swapped. Uh, I love that because the Clippers. This Paul George, Kawhi Leonard experiment, it's gone on far too long, it's not working, and that's a lot because Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. Paul George has actually probably been the better player of the two, but uh, for that reason, I think you get your value, and that's an exciting young player to get, and I think it also speeds up the timeline of what Portland's looking for in that championship run, because, I mean, outside of Paul George... Unless you lure Draymond Green. I mean, are you bringing Kyle Kuzma? Like, who's out there to... You know, I think you have to do a trade. And Paul George honestly makes the most sense. Maybe the Clippers are feeling like, no, no, we still got a championship and Scoot's not going to do it. But, I mean, hell, you had um, John Wall last year and that didn't work. 
give the young, exciting guy. That could spark the team and really help. I don't know. I think that would work out for both teams well. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I think Paul George would be a really, really good number two to have alongside Damian Lillard. Yeah, and you know, at times he could be the number one if he's feeling it. If if Dame is a team guy and really wants a championship, I think Paul George has exhibited fine being a number one or number two when it calls for it, playing with Kawhi and Russell Westbrook. Um, and it seems to he he does not play bad on any of those teams really. Um, you know, I know Paul George had that big loss in OKC against Damian Lillard because that crazy shot was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, I you know I kind of felt bad for him because I knew he was going to get so much crap and. When Dame stared into the camera for like four hours. Yeah, that was so epic watching it live on TV. Like, that was just, I don't know, NBA playoffs are crazy. Like, the whole Toronto run, like that shot against the the 76ers that Kawhi got to. Oh. That was like just the rim rim, five times. Boom, boom, boom. Like, you could hear a pin drop. It was just crazy. But I think think there is a good chance Portland comes off of Dame. I mean, there's rumors that. Because of the fans, Dame doesn't want to say, I want out of Portland. Because he doesn't want to tarnish that resume and that fan base that he has in Portland. And the Blazers also, they don't want to say, we want to trade Dame because of the fans. Because the fans love him. I mean, he's, he's probably the most loved hometown player in the league. Maybe other than maybe Giannis. Yeah. In terms of just like their home city loves them that much. Yeah. Um, but I, I would not be shocked if they decided to come off of Dame and get some younger guys and just go all in on the rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I think Scoot Henderson's a good player to begin your rebuild around. If you were able to get something for Damian Lillard, um, I don't know. I mean, OKC has a crap ton of assets. I don't know if they're probably not wanting to go that route, but um, I definitely agree with you that, you know, moving them out... Um, but there's potentially like a Kevin Garnett and Minnesota Timberwolf resolution where, you know, look, it's not working out. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Boston? Let's work something out. Let's get you to Boston. Not really like a bad ending. It kind of, you know, we got what we needed for our 20-year rebuild and um, Garnett got his championship with Boston. And, you know, I feel like, he has his jersey retired there. He's he's a Celtic legend, even though he only won one championship there. Um, it's a shame he doesn't have his jersey retired here because Garnett is still loved in this city, in this state. Oh, yeah. Even, like, league-wide, he's, you know, heavily respected still, and he's been retired for years. Um, I feel like he's remembered as a Timberwolf, too. Yeah. You know, probably because of the MVP, but... Everyone knows about the anything is possible championship. That was incredible, but I don't know, man. When I think Kevin Garnett, I think Minnesota. The big ticket, yeah. I mean, yeah. I grew up on that. He was it was it was really exciting, and I, I did go to games as a kid, seeing him and Wally Zerbiak, Sam Cassell, like that era of the Wolves, and it was so fun. I just it's a shame that I didn't appreciate it as much as I did because I was only you know seven or eight years old. I, same with the Wild, you know, when he had that early run. I, I wish I could have appreciated that because I haven't been able to in my life for either of those teams. I've been able to see NFC Championship games at the Vikings, but both of them ended in 
horrific, horrific depression and oh, just just terrible, terribleness. Um, but hey, at least I got to watch the journey for the for uh, the Vikings, and I can't say the same for the Wolves or Wild. Um, it's 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 sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I can't um, imagine. Yeah, I, I wake up every single morning and thank God I'm not a Minnesota fan. Yeah, see, I mean, that's something to talk about, though. For You know, we are transitioning to the NFL here. Oh so, um, you know, we can talk about Green Bay. I I feel like, you, you know, you had Brett Favre and you had Aaron Rodgers for a 30-year period. You yep. got two Super Bowls. My entire if, life. If Now, if Jordan Love doesn't pan out, if the next five quarterbacks don't pan out and you have 20 years of misery, it's not that bad, though, because you had 30 great years as a Vikings fan. I can tell you, we'd all just take one great Super Bowl, and then we oh, could yeah. just fly off the handle and just be crap. It's that, and that's kind of wild. But that has to be scary as a Green Bay fan. Like, like, how do you feel not having a quarterback named Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers as your guy now? I think so. I'm I'm on the fence about it. I love Aaron Rodgers. I know a lot of people hate him. That's kind of the kind of the theme, but. He's a great player. I think though. he is. He's very funny. He's always messing around with the media. And he just does what the hell he wants. He doesn't care what anyone thinks, you know. Uh, and that's awesome, I think. But I'm still going to be a Rodgers fan. I'm going to watch the Jets this year. Yeah. I'm, I hope he does well. I hope he has success. Um, Jordan Love. So Aaron Rodgers, with that, he will say what he means always. He doesn't give a damn about the way people are going to react, as he's made pretty clear. Yeah. Um, and he he has always said that he thinks Jordan Love is going to be a great player. And I know there's a lot of talk around, like, well, then why haven't the Packers released any OTA tapes? Or why haven't we seen anything? Um, and I think the Packers have just always been that franchise where they hold their cards close to their chest. And then I think he could be a really special player. And... Obviously, there's a he's he's probably not going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, you know. But with that being said, maybe he sucks. <laughs> yeah. And if he sucks, you know what? Let's just let's just ride it out. We'll go. Maybe we'll get Caleb Williams next year if he's that bad. I mean, it'll work itself out because the Packers have always had a great front office, and they've always made it work. You know, um, unfortunately, I think two Super Bowls for Favre and Rodgers, that's, that's pretty low. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. with that being said, even if they suck for the next 20 years, I'll get to say I saw them win a Super Bowl, I saw them at their best, and I'll have the stories at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. Two Super Bowls from those two quarterbacks in 30 years, I mean, that almost seems like a failure. You know, you're watching Mahomes right now, but... Mahomes is better than both of those quarterbacks, and that's crazy because Favre and Rodgers are both, you know, probably top ten. If if you're if you're not, they're guaranteed top fifteen quarterbacks of all time. I mean, there's yeah. no debate at least. I would put them further up, but there's no debate at least top fifteen. Yeah. And Mahomes is, you know, he's he's making all that money, even I mean, less than Rodgers, but he's making a lot of money. And well, I mean, um, think about like like Tom Brady. If Mahomes didn't exist, we would be talking about how nobody's ever going to 
be yeah. better than Tom Brady. Yep. He set the bar and that's and that's it. Essentially like the Wilt Chamberlain of the NFL. Like he's yeah. got all these records. He's got more Super Bowl wins than any team has. And if Patrick Mahomes were not in the league right now, that would seem impossible for anybody to achieve. Yeah. But but Pat Mahomes is unbelievable. Yeah, he's like pacing it or ahead in a lot of things or yeah. just behind another thing. I mean, he is like neck and neck or ahead and just with how young he is and exciting, I I mean, I definitely feel like he he right now he can't say he's better than Tom Brady, but in 10 years he definitely could. And hey, Maybe even in five, if he keeps piling up these wins. I mean, he is in a competitive conference. Like, the NFC, the Vikings, with their defense last year, were a serious contender. And that defense was abysmal. Abysmal. And they are a top three or four NFC team this year, guaranteed. I mean, they're seriously the 49ers, the Eagles, and then... Do you put Cowboys and Vikings? 49ers and the Eagles are in a tier of their own in the NFC. They're they're clearly the top two. I think the Eagles are probably the better team, yeah. but the Niners have the better roster. It's just quarterback. That's and, the only issue with the 49ers. Right, right. But and that's a big that, issue, though. Yeah, and the Vikings happen to be in a division where who's going to fight them to, to win the NFC North? I mean, the Lions. I mean, Detroit's the biggest competitor, but if you look at a historic, you can't count on it. And I, I'm still not sold on Jared Goff. I know he made a Super Bowl in the in the Rams, but he didn't win it. Stafford did, and, you know, they switched. It's almost like Detroit was holding back Stafford, and how is Goff, if he couldn't do it with the Rams, how is he going to do it in Detroit? Um, they had a really bad defense, but they piled on the corners and getting more defensive backs so like they're prepared for it they got a new running back room they situated things talented receiving core they're a scary team but just because they're the lions i just don't feel confident and the bears (laughs) the fact that anyone is giving justin fields like i don't care he sucks i've seen him play he he, he's a great runner he is so good at running like electric but he can't throw and part of it's they don't have good receivers but you know they went and got him guys and chase claypool say what you want but they went and got him and i think he made one good play and like that was it you know and i don't I don't. I didn't see anyone this off season that they went and got that's gonna make Justin Fields take a big leap. They didn't get a Justin Jefferson or a um, DeAndre Hopkins, and that's someone who they should target as DeAndre Hopkins. Give, but he doesn't want to go there because he sucks. They did get though DJ Moore, who I think yeah, he's is solid, very underrated. He kind of got forgotten about in Carolina, but he is a very very good player. Yeah. And with Chase Claypool being your number two receiver. That, that's a big difference. I mean, a lot of those number two receivers, you move them to one and they can't do it. But I don't know. I, I think the receiving core is fine, but the O-line's not. The the defense isn't really. Defense is not. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not going to work. I, I do think Fields is probably more talented than he gets credit for because I think the quarterback kind of takes the hit on a bad team generally, but yeah. if he were in, say, San Francisco, you just wonder how his career would be up to this point if he would have been on that team instead. Well, you see, you know, Lamar Jackson's an MVP, and he you watch him, but he gets hurt all the time, 
And I think that's what's going to happen with uh, Justin Fields at some point. And even now that Lamar Jackson has a players he can throw to, I don't think he's going to shake that from running. They have a that's where he's most effective. I, he's not going to be effective as a pocket passer. I think Justin Fields would probably be a better pocket passer, but I don't know. I feel like he's going to have really bad tendencies because of the O line so bad throughout his career. Like it's, it's going to be impossible to escape because he's yeah. going to remember being sacked fifty times every season. He's going to have to run or lose. Those are his choices. He's got to run the ball <laughs> yeah. or lose the game. That's it. But. Who knows, man? I, I think, I don't know. I wonder what he would look like on a decent team. I, I think he'd be better than he is, for sure. Well, maybe the Vikings will get him once uh, Cousins is gone. That is but a Vikings thing to do. We are getting Aaron Rodgers next year, though. You know it's <laughs> happening. It's it just, it's been written. Um, but, you know, if if Cousins is gone, you know, we're talking about future quarterbacks, the the next Manning that's coming in the boards, I what if he fell to the Vikings? Because, you know... Being that mad that Manning name, you're gonna win a Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be so poetic if the Vikings? I mean, I know we, I think we had Archie Manning, their father, for a little bit, but it was at the yeah. tail end. Um, but what if we got you know the next Manning, and that he brings the first Super Bowl to Minnesota? It would be such an incredible, incredible story. So I know it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Yeah, the Vikings are they're right there. They're right there. Yeah. Um, they need a couple of pieces. They have the coach, I think. I think I think the Vikings head coach is one of the better coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. He's good. You know exactly what he's going to be this year and forever. I, I think he's underrated. I think he is so disrespected in the league. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he's Mahomes. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers. But... I mean, he gets treated like he is like a bottom five or ten quarterback in oh, the no league, way. and he's outproducing Dak Prescott by a million. He's like on Justin Herbert's level, like really. I mean, so what if he's not flash? He's had he's had Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. Credit the Vikings for surrounding him with talent, but year in and year out, he has put out numbers for this team. He stays on the field healthy, even with a bad O line. He's taken hits and. I don't know. I feel like he is such an underrated quarterback, and it's so sad that people disrespect him because when he's gone, you're really gonna you're gonna regret not appreciating it. Because I keep telling people, Joe Webb, Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, that's that's the era we want to go back to. Gus Farad. These aren't great quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb. Let's just. Appreciate that we have a good starter for a few years and be happy. Yep. Take um, the guy. He's always going to give you 300 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Yeah. And that's enough to win if that's you have enough. A, yeah, yeah. As long as you don't have a defense that's the worst in the league. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what he had last year. <laughs> but speaking on that, Brian Asamoah on the Vikings said, I quote, I've learned a lot of football in the last two months, more than I feel like I have ever before. Um, end quote, on working with Brian Flores, the new defensive coordinator. He talked about our head coach, Kevin O'Connell, being the guy, and I think Brian Flores is the guy defensively, too. He's The Vikings have had a big problem with having um, a, you know, a defensive head coach, so their offensive guy is continually taken every year because he has Justin Jefferson and Diggs and such. So they're restarting every single year, and that's another reason you appreciate Cousins. Every year he's learning a new playbook. Every year, and there's not a drop. 
I mean, how many guys are that dedicated and that it's it's really incredible, I think. Um, but now we have Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. We have an offensive head coach. They're not plucking O'Connell. Flores is going to get some, you know, lit offers or interviews or whatever. But I, I think he could be here to stay for at least two, three, four years. And I think that's going to help the foundation of the defense and allow our offense to grow and improve continuously. You saw how they played last year. Now this year they got faster. The O-line should improve. They sh- they're all cohesive. That offense should be better. And judging on what Asamoah said, our defense is so young with people from last year and this year. They If they're all taking this knowledge and being serious about it, I mean, seriously, a 25th or 20th ranked defense would be so much of an improvement. They don't have to be number one. The pressure's not on to be number one. I just feel like Asamoah is a breakout candidate I have. I am so excited for what Flores can do with that defense. And, you know, I know you said the 49ers and Eagles are on another tier alone in the NFC. The Vikings are at the tier right below Maybe the Cowboys are with them, but Cowboys will be Cowboys. So I feel like the Vikings are alone in that second tier. And then you probably have the Cowboys, Lions in that third tier. I, I really think if, the, if the, a certain injury happens or, you know, some guy really outperforms some breakout play, there's no reason the Vikings can't be a contender and make a run. There's no reason they can't. They probably won't because the Eagles are so strong and the 49ers are so strong, but I don't think you can count them out with how talented they are and how much I think they should improve. Well, what do you think about... So, the Vikings are at their best when they run play action, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, They lost Delvin Cook. Madison, I, I mean, as a Packer fan, I guess I don't know much about Madison, but I know that Delvin Cook was a hell of a player. And he, being as dynamic of a running back as he was, he really opened up the pass game for Kirk Cousins. And if Madison doesn't play at that same level, there goes the play action. There might be a fall off on the offense. I mean, Jefferson's still going to be great, but beyond that... Well, um, Madison, I said it last one, he has uh, 693 total yards and five touchdowns and six starts. So averaging a little over 100 yards and just under a touchdown for every start. And that's with, you know, a crowded team with him um, on the receiving core. I feel like you might get a drop off, but I mean, we really haven't seen if Madison can take a full season beating. But Delvin Cook couldn't, and that hurt the Vikings continuously. And he also had a big fumble issues. Mm-hmm. I know Adrian Peterson did, but Delvin Cook, I mean, you know he had a couple of games that won you it, but he wasn't ever an MVP guy. AP was a literal MVP. Like, yeah. I think, as a Packer fan, you were probably frightened every time you played the Vikings because you know Adrian Peterson could oh. single-handedly beat you. He and, cooked us every time. And you probably don't feel that way with Delvin Cook. Even if you respect him, He's not quite at that threat level. Jefferson's probably at that threat level for you. I don't know. Jair Alexander really shut him down. He did that second game. The first one he got smoked. I know he wasn't on him the whole time, but like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's a, I like that that's a competitive one. What are the Packers on when they said Christian Watson has a higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson? I mean, I know he had a crazy little run there, but. I will not speak for that. (laughs) 
<laughs> the dude's like outpacing Randy Moss. Like, who the hell has a higher floor than that? Like, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, and you were saying just uh, again, you know, so you lose Cook and you have Madison. I, I still think there's a strong running back room behind. Um, we had that one guy with Denver. He ended up playing significant minutes there. I can't remember his name a couple Lindsay? years ago. Running back. Oh, Lindsay? Not Lindsey. No, it was a guy in the Vikings. Boone. Mike Boone. He was like their backup there for a little bit. Uh, Latavius Murray has continuously played elsewhere since he's been on our team, and he was solid here. Um, we have that young <clears throat> Nagankwe, that He's fast oh, running yeah. back. We drafted the guy in the seventh round. I just feel like there's a the Minnesota always produces good running back, so I'm not too concerned. Um, Thielen lost a step. You have all pros in Hawkinson and Jefferson, and then um, Addison... I mean, as long as he's, like, not Laquan Treadwell bad, he's going to be great here. And then, you know, you have a really good third receiver in Osborne. I I just, I don't think there's going to be a drop in the offense. There definitely could, but I think with Hawkinson and Jefferson, you have two veterans who are going to be ready week one and maybe more prepared than some other players in the league who are younger or older. I think those are two guys who are going to come out ready to go right away. And I don't know. I, th- I don't think Madison's going to be expected to deliver a hundred yards a game and a touchdown. He's just going to be expected to get four yards of carry when he needs to, or three yards, just get the first when we need you to, you know, um, I think this team's going to, you know, really slide to a more pass heavy offense than, we've ever seen in the Vikings history, or at least since we had Brett Favre, um, the one good year, but we did have Adrian Peterson that year as well. So it wasn't (laughs) totally a pass heavy offense. Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, the Miami dolphins have made an offer to Delvin cook. Um, no deal is signed yet. So I'm guessing money's an issue because he said he wants money and I don't see them having a lot of money. If if money's a concern, I've said Chicago Bears is where you go. If you want money, you go to Chicago. They they <laughs> oh, need good. anything. Yeah, and Miami, they have talent all around, and they're paying offensive skilled players. They're not stupid. They're not going to pay a running back big money. And even if that's his dream spot, I think he's going to have to accept like a one-year deal because he's not getting security and money. He's probably going to get one or the other if at best. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds because the, uh, running back landscape and free agent is just terrible. Melvin Gordon said the running back position is the worst position in football. Uh, free agents right now include Melvin Gordon, a Super Bowl champ and a two-time pro bowler, Delvin Cook, a four-time pro bowler, Leonard Fournette, a Super Bowl champion, Ezekiel Elliott, a two-time all-pro, three-time pro bowl, and Kareem Hunt, a one-time pro bowl. That's a loaded free agency market to be taking place at the end of June. Uh, rosters are starting to get finalized or else, you know, they're it's going to come down to like injuries and stuff. And that's just wild that all these guys are going to be out there for the taking of like one year low budget deals to spruce up your offense. Um, if any of these guys are serious about championships, maybe a Kareem Hunt reunion in a KC or something like that. Um I'm surprised KC hasn't made a move on one of these guys since that's and McKinnon's solid, but they could definitely use another good running back for a loaded offense. That's true. I Kareem Hunt back in KC would be fun. 
That'd be really fun to watch. But all those guys are 27, 28. And running backs, honestly, running backs don't last much longer than that. They don't. But, I mean, again, this is like... If, if these guys are just scared that they're not getting a four- or five-year deal, then that's on them. But if this is just... Um, I, I'm thinking that these guys should be thinking one- or two-year contracts. I mean, I get if you want that job security, but you can't say, well, I want five-year at $8 million or five-year at $5 million. Yeah. You're going to have to come down to like, okay, you know what? I want security, so I want to be locked up for four or five years, but pay me $3 million a year or something like that. Or, yeah. You know, you're going to have to kind of go low if you want guaranteed years. But because I think most teams are probably saying, yeah, one year, two year deals. And maybe the ego might be in the way with some of these guys. For sure. I mean, they're they're professional athletes. They're incredible. They're incredible at what they do. But ultimately with running backs, I mean, I think Melvin Gordon's right. It sucks because most offenses today are passing offenses. You can plug in generally whoever and run the same offense yeah so even if you're taking a small hit at running back a guy who's a little bit worse but he's 10 million dollars cheaper that might be the way to go so you can beef up your receiving core or your Mm -hmm. o-line or pay your quarterback um because i mean i think in the nfl there are two elite running backs right now and it's derrick henry and christian mccaffrey what about nick chubb Nick Chubb is a baller. Okay. I So if he got paid, I would not blame the team for paying him. He's he's really good. Did you, and I'm sorry, did you say Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry, yeah. Okay. yeah. Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey, yeah. I think, are in, like, Derrick Henry, the Titans' offense runs through Derrick Henry. He's incredible. Yep. Um, and with that, I think, like, the Giants' offense runs through Saquon. And he's still not Derrick Henry. He's still not yeah. Christian McCaffrey, honestly, due to injuries. I think he's yeah. capable. Um, McCaffrey has his injury issues, too, right. but he's so good. Yeah. Like, he could be a receiver, essentially. Yeah. I mean, those two players change your playbook. If you yeah. add them to your team, they they open up what you can do so much, and they're worth paying. But ultimately, I mean, Melvin Gordon... Um, Mark Ingram, who else? Leonard Fournette, Delvin Cook, Kareem Hunt. They're all, they're all really good running backs. They've all proven yeah. that, but they're not, they're not so good that they change how the other team's going to plan to play you. They're not going to, they're not going to make, they're not going to open up your playbook to do things you weren't able to do with someone else, someone fresh out of college. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, those fresh legs can be helpful. I you know I've heard some people suggest that maybe, like, uh, running backs can get out of college early or have some way to enter the NFL earlier so they're not beating themselves up without... You know, they, they are getting paid now in college, but, like, you know, probably maybe... I don't know with rookie contracts. I'm not sure. It probably depends more on, like, your social media marketing if you're able to achieve a higher value but probably generally you wouldn't make as much in college than you would in the nfl with those big contracts especially the second contract that is the contract that's hurting running backs because the rookie contract makes sense but then that second contract comes and 
do you want to invest 50 to 70 million dollars on a running back you know probably not because there's other guys you mentioned that are really or that you didn't mention that are really good elvin kamara he's made so many great catches as a receiver but you know injury issues and i know he's going to be suspended this year now uh josh jacobs but he has been just taken a pounding and a pounding and a pounding how long does he have you know so I, i i get what you're saying but I just don't feel like it was that long ago. I watched Adrian Peterson take a pounding every year, wanting it and coming to MVP, rehabbing injuries, just being a dominating player. So it's just, it's kind of like what happened to just completely devalue this. I know it's pass heavy and stuff, but it's not like you haven't seen successes in running backs. Like Derek Henry stormed and made Tannehill a potential Super Bowl appearing yeah. quarterback, you know? Um, it's just baffling to me because it really wasn't that long ago that, you know, 10 years ago, Adrian Peter, 11 years ago, Adrian Peterson won an MVP award at, you know, and then right before that was Ladanian Tomlinson a couple years before it was in his prime, you know, and just like that era is just gone at the snap of a finger. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Well, um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's it for today of uh, Ope Sports episode number 10. I want to thank you for coming on again, Damien. It was a pleasure having you, and we would love to have you again if ever, ever you want to come on. Hell yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime. It was a good time. All right, folks. Well, thank you. That's your host, Jordan Adams, signing off. I can't lie, at one point I felt slighted Seemed less of dudes was picked, but I didn't fight it We each had visions, and that was God's plan Had a lane, took the baton, and ran Learned a few lessons, like rap was a teacher Took a shovel to earth, and dug deeper 